My sermon topic today is called Run the Right Race. Run the Right Race. I don't know if we have that up. So we're, we're, okay, I don't see it on the back screen. Run the Right Race. And I love what Pastor AJ was talking about, God, the creator, the maker. Man, I just get the holy tingles when I think about the creator and the master. And he's created you and I. Amen. I know sometimes you may not feel that, but he has. Hallelujah. He's created you and I. And what I love about our magnificent father is not only did he create us, he created you with an assignment. With a purpose. There's a, there is an assignment that you have. Uh, the scriptures often refer to this as a race that you are running. Uh, I love Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. You are, you are called to the race. Hallelujah. You are called to the race. I love what Paul, how Paul uh, says this even more. He says this in Acts 20, 24. He said, however, I consider my life Worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. Finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. This was my task. My race was testifying of the good news of God's grace. I love this translation of that same verse. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned by to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that there is a race that I have been designed by God to run. Hallelujah. There is an assignment that I have been given by God to fulfill and to complete. Praise God. And here's what I want to emphasize here. Paul says, I, I, this is my assignment, not necessarily your assignment. Amen. Your race, as unique as you are, and you know all the, the biology and physiology of how God's made you and I, there's never going to be another you, praise God. There's the, you are the one and only you. Everything about you is unique. And as you are unique, so is the race that you're called to run. So is your assignment. Amen. You've got a race that no one else can fulfill. You've got an assignment that only you can do. And I'm grateful that you have that assignment. As a matter of fact, we need you to fulfill that assignment. We need you to run that race and fill, fulfill the reason that God has created you. Amen. I'm getting all worked up and excited about that. Now, here's the challenge that I want to talk to you about tonight. Run the right race. The problem comes, the challenge comes when we compare our race with someone else's. That's where the problem comes. When we compare our race with someone else's. 
Now, I know that probably no one in here struggles with comparison, but I sure do. I've come a long way in this struggle of comparing my race with somebody else's. And you know, this, this, I, I love this quote. I love this quote here. The fastest way to ruin something special is to compare it to something else. To compare it to something else. You see, this, this, this negative pattern of comparing our lives to other lives is a pattern that does nothing but breed discontentment. When we compare ourselves with others, and it tends to permeate, I don't know about you, but just about every area of my life. This, con- this pattern of comparing myself to others. And it, it just seems to touch everything. For instance, you thought your hair looked good till you saw hers, right? You thought you looked fine till you saw what he had on. Oh, man. I remember in the, in the early, in the early, as a young pastor in the early years, being in staff meetings and listening to the missionaries' testimonies of what they were doing and what they were accomplishing. And I wish I could tell you I was celebrating that, but I wasn't. I was sitting there with a voice ringing through my head going, saying this, what is wrong with you? Why can't you do that? What is, I mean, in, in all these circumstances, I would hear this voice in my head going, why, you're, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you being that fruitful? And I, it would trouble me, and I knew it was the, a, a wrong thought and a wrong, I, and I had to overcome it. But it really helped me when one year a couple of pastors came up to me after a, a big testimony and confessed. They said, Phil, I said, man, I feel so bad about my own life when I compare it to that life. I thought, thank God someone else is struggling like I'm struggling. When we compare, this is what begins to happen. And Paul says this. He, the, the scriptures say this is a pattern that we cannot do. We cannot fall in this pattern. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Paul writes and he says this. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Oh, I want to say a little more about this. Why do, why do we do this? Why does this happen? What, what is this in us that causes us to look across at the other person and see what they're doing? What is it about the job we're struggling in and we look across at our brother who's so thrilled about their job and we begin to compare our lives and begin to think, man, mine is such a mess compared to that. Why can't I have that life? Well, number one, two things I want to tell you. Number one is that this is part of the wiring of our old and selfish nature and its carnal attempt to find value in worth by comparing ourselves to others. You see, our old nature, our old person, the only way we can understand worth is trying to figure out by comparing our lives to others whether we're better than them or less than them. 
And it's, it's a pattern that, that it can only lead to trouble. It's never a good thing, but it's part of our selfish nature to look over and compare and try to figure out, hey, am I making it or not based on that person? And secondly, I want to say tonight that there's an adversary out there. There's an adversary out there. There's a dark demonic force that resists the race that you're running and wants to discredit that race and most importantly, cut the legs of your faith off by causing you to look out of your lane into another lane and say, why aren't you like that? When you haven't been designed by God for that race, you've been designed for your race. Hallelujah. For who you are and how he's made you. You've got to understand the nature of the warfare of this. And what I found in my life, it's in the vulnerable times that this temptation becomes the strongest and the hardest to overcome. Because when we begin to do that, when we compare, our life is filled begins to fill up with discontentment. We become unsatisfied with who we are and what we are. And it's the quickest road to an ungrateful heart. We completely miss all that God's doing in our race by evaluating it against someone else's race. I remember this particular season of my life in in Southern California um, we have a we we had a three bedroom home, uh, two baths, a nice little home. It was a nice home. And in this particular season, my wife's sister uh, and her husband had some challenges with their job. He lost his job and they asked if they could come live with us so we could help them get back on their feet. And of course, I wanted to say no, but my wife's, my wife's sister, I couldn't say no, just kidding. Certainly we wanted to help. Certainly as, as, we love them much. So Kaya, come on in. Also at the same time, uh, one of my daughters and her husband were transitioning jobs and they said, could they come live with us? And my wife's sister and husband had two adult children. So I had my daughter and her husband, along with my other two adult daughters, living in this three-bedroom home. And that's a lot of people. And it's quite a way to live. And we probably lived that way for six months. And man, it was hard to go home every day. It was hard to go home. It was like living in a New York subway, baby. I mean, there were people everywhere. And you know, Pastor Duke, I had grace for a little while, but man, I had to work hard with my walk with Jesus. You know what I couldn't figure out is why couldn't people rinse their plates off and put them in the dishwasher? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there were more dirty plates piled up everywhere. And for some reason, I had to clean them all. Why did it fall to me to clean all their plates? 
Oh, what a challenge. You can understand the, just the, the, as, as wonderful as it was to help on one hand, it created a lot of stress. And it just happened to be that on the second floor of the house, I had a small desk that was my home office in the bay window that looked out across the street into the neighborhood. And I would sit there and work, especially on Saturday afternoons in this vulnerable place, and my eyes would gaze over on the neighbors across the street. And here I would see this lovely uh, middle-class couple, husband, wife, uh, 13-year-old daughter, 12-year-old son, and a 10-year-old son in their happy-go-lucky life. And I would sit in that window and work, and I'd look over, and, and here it came, the thought. Look how simple their life is. And I said, no, no, devil, no, not going to do it. No, you're not going to get me to look across the street. And every Saturday, the husband would be trimming the lawn and cutting the bushes. And the wife would come out with lemonade <laughs> and hand him lemonade. And I'm watching all of this. And I'm trying real hard to not let my thoughts run away from me. Because as one day I'm watching him and the thought rises up into me, how did you get into the mess you're in, son? Oh, man. It, how, look at that. What simple. E, look, I could imagine their dinners, just a quiet dinner around the place. You know, my dinner was like eating dinner on the freeway in California. People that, and I was being drawn into this, this, this temptation to compare. And I'm thinking, and finally one day I thought, you know, like Pastor Jim LaFoon always says, what did I do in a past life that I've got to live this way now? With all these people and all these stresses and all, and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, why can't I be that? Oh, man. Fighting that off, resisting this vulnerability, looking down at this, this, the, this family there and thinking, oh, how great it is. You know what the challenge is with comparison among many things? One of them is we, the, the, here's what happens. We compare the turmoil and stress of our inside to the exterior of their outside. Because our default thinking is, man, that's a perfect world. Behind that veneer is nothing but happiness. And, beyond, and over here, I'm living in this little corner of this house with 11 adults. And you when I'm praying, I'm thinking that I'm fighting. And you fight that off and you work that off and you work it through it. And I'll never forget, the husband would travel a lot and I noticed... One day that his car wasn't there. She drove a pretty minivan and he had a little sports car and I noticed it wasn't there. And I thought, well, he must be gone. And I noticed longer and longer his car wasn't there. And one afternoon I came home and his, and his wife crossed, came across the street and she said, hey, Pastor Phil, how are you doing? And her name was Jenny. I said, good, Jenny. How are things with you? She said, well, I want you to know I'm leaving my husband. 
He's been having a two-year affair with his secretary. I thought, man, I'm so sorry. You know, it's interesting in that season of sitting there and looking out on the exterior of things and bemoaning my interior world and completely losing sight of the handiwork and blessing of God. The treasure of our own life. The treasure of my own race. The race I'm called to run and focus on. Amen. And and keep my eyes on. Let me tell you, it's never what you think. When you look over and are tempted to gaze upon somebody else's race that looks better than yours. That looks less complicated, less challenging. Oh, that person, it's not fair. That person is this. That person has it so much better than I do. When we begin to understand how this works, we begin to realize comparison is the enemy of contentment. It's the enemy of contentment and thankfulness. It fuels and begins to work within us a deep sense of discontentment and ultimately a sense of inadequacy. I can't add up. I can't compare. I can't do what that person is doing. Exactly. Exactly. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be in your lane. You're supposed to walk in your lane. In who you are, in who God made you. And I want to find, and finally tonight, I want you to see how Jesus, what his solution was to this. And you know the backstory here in John chapter 21. He's talking with his disciples, and, he, and here, and, and he's talking to Peter right before Peter denies him. And Jesus says to Peter, Someone's going to lead you by the hand that you don't want to be led with. And he's talking to Peter about how he was going to die. And in John 21, 22, uh, P- Peter says to him, prior to this, he says, well, God, Jesus is talking to Peter about his lane, about his race, about his assignment. And Peter goes, hey, well, what about John? And he points over to John. He says, okay, I get mine, but what about his? Man, I love Peter. I love that. I love everything about him. His impulsiveness. Everything he's done just reminds us of us. And he's sitting there and Jesus is talking to him. And he goes, well, okay, me. But what about John? Let's talk. Let's be fair. Tell me about what he's going to do. Why you talk? Tell me about what he's going to do. And Jesus says this in John 21, verse 22. Jesus says to him, if it's my will that he remain until I come. What is that to you? You follow me. He's looking at Peter and he's saying, listen, you're looking your eyes at him, trying to figure out what's going on to him. He said, let me tell you about what's going on with him. It's none of your business. That's the Greek right there. Jesus saying, what is that to you? Let me, let, me, let me translate the Greek out of there. It's none of your business. Mind your, your assignment's got nothing to do with his assignment. Your race has got nothing to do with his race. Jesus said, here's the key. 
your eyes on me. Your eyes on me in my assignment for you. It's yours and only yours. And if you'll follow me as, as, as our worship leaders were saying tonight, the promises of God will come upon your life. You know, maybe six months of living with 11 people in the house, but eventually everyone made it. Everyone found their way to victory. Praise God. I'm not living with 11 people anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we had victory. We got everyone where they needed to be. It took some effort and work. But the great news, too, is my wife and I are still together. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, you've got to run your lane. Jesus said, here's the key. When you're vulnerable and that temptation comes to look over at the other person. Man, I could just list this on and on, the different angles of what we look at. Oh, if, if only that was my wife. Oh, if only, that, only if all my kids were like those kids. No, no. There is no comparison in God. There's no comparison for any of that. I love to say it this way. There is no external thing that God has created that will satisfy the longing of our internal hearts that only God can fill. Nothing someone else has. Nothing someone else is doing. Nothing someone else is achieving. That can satisfy what God has called you to do. And that he can only fill. Amen. That only he can fill inside of you. I want to pray for you right now. Praise God. I want to pray that the revelation will come and you'll see this race. You'll see the uniqueness of who you are. The only way we can walk in this is by following Jesus, by following him, fixing our eyes on him. You know, the demonic lure of comparison wants to just treat, take you down as a failure, as inadequate. Oh, you'll never obtain. You'll, ne you'll never add up. You're never, never. No, no. That's not what God says at all. God says, you are the one and only you that I've created. Follow me with all your heart. And everything that you're searching for, you will find. And Holy Spirit, I'm praying right now that for whoever is in this room, caught in this sense of inadequacy, because her life or his life or their life doesn't look like these other people's lives. That you would rescue them right now with this truth. That they are the one and only ones that you've created. And they need to walk in their lane. In their assignment. And you've equipped them from head to toe. For that specific purpose. And I thank you Holy Spirit. I thank you for the rich assignment. Unique assignment. That every one of us have. And I'm asking a special grace. For those that are vulnerable tonight. In difficult circumstances. 
To be strengthened by grace and not look at others and compare their lives. To know that if they'll trust you, the promise will break through upon them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you so much. Thanks for listening to me. You're the greatest.